Hey, Nikki, let's let's skip the uh, normal intro stuff because who listens to that anyway? I usually don't on podcasts I listen to, so yeah, let's just dive right in here. Yeah, it seems like we're listening to more podcasts these days that just dive straight in, even though right now we're kind of doing a little bit of preamble <laughs> stuff. So what are we talking about today? All right, let's get into some of our least favorite marketing channels. We, we have all of our favorite marketing channels, but what are some of our least favorite marketing channels? So I think we each have three of them to share here, so... Let's dig into what some of those might be. What, what's the first one that you consider one of your least favorite channels? Yeah, I, and there's there's different ways to think about this because I think mm-hmm. there are, are still good ways to approach any of these kind of marketing channels. But I just feel like for number one, I guess on my list is direct mail because so often 95% of what I get in the mail is just junk. And it just, you know, I get the mail when I pull up into the driveway and I immediately, as I walk into the house, drop most of it into the trash can because mm-hmm. it's just, it's not worth it. And I know that somebody is out there spending a whole lot of money to print this stuff and design it and mail it to me. And I mean, I guess somebody's buying some stuff from direct Presumably, mail. Yeah. yeah. And and again, I get some stuff that I will read that is, it is valuable, but I just feel like the vast majority of, of out there is just valueless to me. And it frankly just... It annoys me because I know how much money is being spent and right. it's all just literally going into the trash can. And I think there's two levels of, of junk direct mail too. There's there's mail that has is from like a painting company, a well-designed postcard that you didn't ask for, but they did a good job. Sure. And then there's the scammy mail that they make it look like an important letter, make it look like a check to get you to open it, to trick you. And yeah, that that... I think is a whole other level of bad to, to trick people into opening things, which I'm sure they're proud of themselves <laughs> for being so clever to make it look like a check to get people to open it or in, have a blank end or pretty much blank envelope with a hard piece of plastic in it. So you think it's mm-hmm. maybe a credit card or mm-hmm. something. And yeah, that's a different level of least favorites. And, and often of those times I will open it like knowing that it's probably going oh, to be junk, sure. but you, you do open it just, just in, in case. case. Okay, I don't want to yep. miss this because yeah, oftentimes there's that one piece of mail that's that is important. You got mailed a check or you got mailed a letter from, you know, grandma or something like that. So you, you still want to check the mail, yep. but there's also for those companies, there's no way of even, they don't know whether or not you opened it, right? They only can see whether or not you purchased something. Right. And I mean, I guess, I guess there's enough purchasers out there that are, are justifying the cost of all this. So yeah, I guess this is almost just like a personal rant a little bit that please stop sending me junk, junk mail. <laughs> yeah. What's what's one of yours? I think there's a, a probably a similarly related one that, that you of, can come up with. Speaking of junk mail, there's junk email. Oh yeah. And again, I love email. Email is still one of my favorite communication tools. It's fantastic, but man, the amount of junk email seems to be ramping up more and more and more. It seemed like it was fading for a while. I think Google and some others did some some big hits, but the last couple months, last six months, it seems to be going up higher. And I think with AI and stuff, it's only going to get worse because. Instead of a company sending out 6 million identical emails, they can send out 6 million semi-AI personalized emails that might slip through spam filters a bit more. So yeah, any any unsolicited email, I'm just not a fan of. Yeah, and this is a good example of, again, a good platform. You can oh, do mass sure. email well, yeah. but so many people do not. And again, it's, it's good because there's data behind it. I can see how many people op- opened my email and how many people marked it as spam and all that kind of stuff. But... You know, at the same time, you know, on my end, I can mark something as spam or I can filter it out of my inbox or I can, you know, it's a lot easier. I have more tools in my arsenal to help me avoid some of those unwanted emails. But yet, yeah, they just keep finding ways to slip through the cracks and popping up to the top of my inbox. Yeah. And like directly, I think there's levels of it, too. There's emails I love to get, you know, from my family or whatever. And emails I'm happy to get from y'all with work stuff. And then emails I'm okay with from nailing this I signed up for. And then there's spam emails that I didn't sign up for. And then you get to like malicious emails that are trying to steal your identity. Sure, and phishing just, and, and kind of keeps that. going down. But really, anything beyond emails I ask for, I consider spam. I mean, it's any cold email is just 
spam and I wish it would stop, but it's going to be a long time. I think there's, I feel like there's a real dopamine rush. Anytime you actually get a, again, a print mail or an email that's not spam. Like, right. oh, someone actually took the time to sit down and message me, and I don't mind reading it and responding. Yep. Like, there's a real novelty almost now from stuff that is is valuable and personal. Yep, for sure. What, what's your next one? Yeah, so similarly, I, I feel like billboards, um, and I mean, some uh, print signage as an extension of that, but billboards in general are just becoming less and less effective uh, in that also just like print mail, you can't track them. There's no real good way to be able to to see how many people view your billboard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can see like, okay, there's a thousand cars that go by this spot every hour or something like that. Right. And okay, we do know like localized, like, okay, we, we're getting people who are in this area physically and they're driving through the car. But in most cases, I, I don't know, I, I, I think it was Gary Vee or somebody like that who said, we can't even get people to look at the road when they're driving, <laughs> right. much less look up at a billboard, right? right? And the so, challenge is you can track it a little bit with tracking phone numbers and stuff. Sure. But again, you're asking someone while they're presumably driving, I think it's maybe a passenger could, but to call a specific trackable phone number or I even seen QR codes on a few billboards. <laughs> oh like, my gosh. Come on. Like, yeah, I mean, even it's kind of like QR codes in TV commercials. Even if people want to scan it, by the time they see it, recognize it, right. realize they want to scan it, get their phone out, like, the time is coming on. Like, so it's interesting to see those to see if they ever get anything. And there are some digital billboards that will, you know, rotate through five or six different messages. But oftentimes when I see something that I may even be interested in looking at, it usually flips away by the time I started reading it. I'm like, wait, what what was that? But then of course, by the time, it will rotate back. I'm I'm a mile down the road. Yeah. Because that's another problem, especially if you're doing billboard advertising on the highway. People are not stopping. They're going 60 yeah. to 70 miles an hour. And again, unfortunately, often looking at their phones while they're doing that. So right. billboards, again, I, I still see there is some value there. There are some businesses and industries that can still really benefit from outdoor advertising. But I just see the value of it going down less and less. And unfortunately, it's still pretty expensive. Yeah. The only ones I really care for are if we're on a road trip and it says Cracker Barrel, five miles ahead. Like, okay, cool. Five miles away. Let's let's get that. Like, yeah. Where's the Wendy's? Direct, when directly actionable, yeah. But there you go. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so what's your next uh, least favorite marketing channel? So sticking with the theme of great things that are used poorly would be LinkedIn. And LinkedIn I love. I probably spend more time, not, not even probably, I spend more time in there than any other social network. But the number of like spam bogus connections that people send me just, just want to connect like, and it's, it's not, you can tell that they're in sales for a company. They're going to just be coming after you to try to sell to you is, I mean, I get two or three a day of, of that kind of stuff. And it's so hard to know when people are legit and not, and I treat it basically like I do with email. Like if I know the person I'll connect, if I don't know them, I won't period. I mean, I can't, I don't have time to go through and look at their whole thing and look at their profile, see if they're legit. Are they going to maybe try to spam? Like, I don't have time for that. If I don't know them, I cancel them. But if I do know them, I connect and I'm happy to. And so LinkedIn is fantastic, but is yeah, being overrun with that kind of stuff and linkedin itself seems to encourage that behavior because mm. you can pay extra to get sure. that stuff to spam more people and so i worry about the future there and then also the other thing with linkedin that's starting to worry me is when i go to submit an update you know so I'll share a blog post or whatever it's mm-hmm. like let ai write this for you I'm like great so all the content people produce on linkedin is going to be ai written and not actually humans either which will make it even worse but for now, I still like it, but it's it's frustrating. Sure, yeah. I think we've talked about LinkedIn before, and just thankfully, most of the organic stuff and the people who you do connect with is pretty healthy, and the stuff that people share is yep. good and encouraging and positive. But yeah, I mean, it just seems like every channel out there, people do find a way to make it a little bit malicious and a little bit spammy and a little bit, you know, those, those people creep through and 
they kind of just ruin a lot of the channels that we love, unfortunately. Yep. yep. Speaking of channels we love. Speaking of which, you have a you have a big X for your last one here. <sighs> yes. Um, yeah. We've we've done an episode about Twitter before. That was probably a year or so ago now, and things with Twitter, which isn't, <laughs> technically Twitter doesn't even exist anymore, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's as of now, we're recording this in mid-2023, and it was just rebranded by Elon as X. <laughs> Whatever that means, we're, we're rolling our eyes. I mean, we're, again, you and I kind of personally are not super, super huge fans of what Elon is doing mm, um, sure. with this, partially because it, it's such a disappointment because Twitter used to be, I mean, despite all the political nonsense and all the uh, rants and, you know, there were dark places on Twitter, but there were also really cool places on Twitter. And, I, I, you know, you had the ability to connect with people and keep up with news and learn stuff really, really quickly. And a lot of that has unfortunately just gone away. A lot of the community around Twitter has dissipated as of late. Yeah, and I've seen change that I wanted to make. Like I remember a decade ago, Twitter was close to becoming plumbing. Like everyone had a Twitter account. It was just part of the internet. You saw it on every TV anchors thing. Like it was gonna be just part of the internet. The API was open. You could integrate all these applications. And then they started shutting down the API for a lot of folks. And Jack has come back, Jack Dorsey's come back and said he regrets that. He wishes they would have left the API open to make it just a communication channel for everyone. My hope with Elon was that maybe he would start bringing that back. And he's gone the opposite way, basically turned (laughs) off all API access and like you just have to go to their stuff to see it. And so the chances of becoming plumbing now are virtually nil because everyone's leaving too. So Right, (laughs) right. And I mean, I think it unfortunately reflects a somewhat larger trend in in social media in general. I mean, you mentioned Mm -hmm. LinkedIn, Meta with Facebook and Instagram has gone more and more just pay to play. Like, hey, you're not going to be seen at all unless you're paying to boost this post. Right. And I mean, that kind of makes sense. They are, they need to make money, but they've become less a social channel and more just an advertising channel. Yeah. I don't know the solution. I love like what Mastodon's doing with its decentralized stuff where you won't do that but it is so much harder to set up an account and to use it and to connect to friends and you know twitter and facebook and then make it so easy but then they control it and can do what they want yeah so. yeah so there's again we still like social media in general like the the concept of it but unfortunately the way that a lot of the platforms seem to be going is it's just going to make it a lot more challenging for for good players to to continue to do things the right way. So it's, I mean, it's going to be continuing to change and, you know, we'll continue to keep you updated on how things go. But yeah, social media in general just seems to be taking a little bit of a downturn overall these days, which is a disappointment. So what's your last uh, least favorite channel? So my least favorite one, this is one that doesn't affect me as much as it does others. And I don't know why, but it's unsolicited text messages, which I just hate that. I hate unsolicited texts. Um, I think I probably hate unsolicited phone calls even more. We sure. Talk that, but that's not as much of a marketing per se. Um, but for some reason, I don't get that many. I think part of it is because we both have Pixel phones, which yes. have great spam things. But I know, like during election season, my wife just gets inundated with the election texts, and I don't tend to get that many. But any text message is you know, demanding your attention right now, mm-hmm. and to demand my attention right now for a spam marketing thing is very irritating. Kind of. Kind of goes back to my hierarchy of attention. You know, I say when someone emails you something, you know, they send that direct mail, they're asking for your attention in a few days. If someone sends you a spam email, they're looking for your attention in a few hours. If they send a text, they're asking for your attention pretty much right now. Sure. You know, which is, so I think it raises the annoyance factor even more when they say, hey, 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 right now, stop what you're doing. Look at this spam. Like, ooh, it's just not good. Right. I think like you mentioned, it, it's not, it doesn't impact me as much either, partially because we have devices that are much better at filtering out both the unwanted calls and the unwanted texts. Yeah. And I think technology, thankfully, is getting better overall, both, I mean, with, with Pixel phones and with Apple phones as well. Yeah. But 
the people who are sending those spam calls and spam emails are ratcheting up their technology and trying to get around all of those different guards. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's going to be a, a race to, yeah, how to, how to get people's attention, how to grab them where they are. And you're right. That's one of the reasons why it is so annoying is because they're trying to be in your face all the time, wherever you are, which is your phone. Yeah. And it, it's tricky because there are some, some gray areas we talked about earlier. Like if the, the county or Cobb County where we live, you know, they've, they've mentioned to us that they have struggles sometimes reaching everyone because it's hard to find people. People aren't watching TV and radio and you can send some on social. And one thing they could do is buy a list of all of our text, you know, text numbers and text everyone. And if there's an emergency, I think that's a good use of an unsolicited text. But you can buy those lists. Anyone can buy those lists and yeah. use them all the time to sell their other stuff. And that becomes much, much worse. But so I'm allowing some groups to maybe use it. I won't get mad and others not to, but I think there's a pretty clear distinction there too, between saying, Hey, there's a tornado coming. Everyone take cover warning versus come get 20% off shoes. Yeah. It's an emergency. There's a clearance sale. You got to let everybody know about it. (laughs) There you go. They probably think that too. Like we really need sales this week. It's an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. It's not to all of us. It's all about perspective. And I, I think the point kind of overall here is that there are pros and cons and good and bad ways to use any of these channels and, Really, it's just about kind of doing what's right for everyone involved, your business, but also the people that you're trying to reach. Yep. Um, so just please don't spam people. Please don't harass them and, and us invo- included in that. So Perfect. Please. Yeah. Yes. So thanks for listening to this episode. If you have any thoughts and feedback, what are your least favorite marketing channels? Uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening to this episode.